Welcome to another episode of the Yours Truly podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish your body, mind, and spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely, and probably make a lot of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours, Julie, Claire. Here we go. Hello, audience, and welcome to episode 50, The Big 5-0. We are over the hill here with the Yours Truly podcast. It has been a year of podcasting. I guess episode 52 would make it exactly one year because, hey, 52 weeks in a year, that's one thing I do remember from fourth grade, but I was brushing my teeth this morning. You know, I feel like when you brush your teeth, when you take a shower, when you go to the bathroom, you're always deep in thought, thinking about something important. Well, I do that at least when I brush my teeth and I was thinking to myself, oh my goodness, if today is episode 50, then that must mean that we have been doing this for almost a year, which I don't know if that's a celebration for all of us, just me. I can't believe that I have been talking for 50, going on 51 episodes next week. But if you've been here from the beginning, if you are an OG, yours truly podcast fan, a listener, I want to thank you for tuning in week after week for bearing all of my puns, which I think are pretty great. Maybe you think they're cringeworthy, but hey, you're still sticking around. So thank you for being with me, for sharing this message, for supporting the podcast, for leaving ratings and reviews, which if you haven't done that, highly recommend, 10 out of 10 would recommend that you go do that so that this message and this podcast can grow and reach more people who need to hear this non-diet, non-numbers message about nutrition. But if you are a new listener, I want to thank you for coming to this podcast, however you got here, whoever referred you, whatever clicks of the interwebs brought you here. I am so excited to have you on board for episode 50, where we are talking about cravings. What's up with cravings? Why does everybody make such a big deal about cravings and how can we reframe the messaging that we have received around food cravings to not be something that is bad, but rather to be something that is good, that is normal, that is human, and that can tell us a lot about our bodies and what is going on if we are simply willing to listen. So I can't wait to talk to you about cravings. This is the episode about cravings. What is the friends reference? The one about something. I feel like all of the friends episodes are titled The One About Something. Well, this is the Your Shuli podcast episode, which is The One About Cravings. If you're not a Friends fan, I'm sorry, but we can't be friends because it is the best show on the face of this earth. But before we get to The One About Cravings or the actual content of this episode... You guys know, if you've been hanging out here on the pod for 50 episodes and counting, that we have to start out the episode with a featured post from the Yours Truly Goal Slayers Facebook community. So very briefly, if you are new to the podcast, if you're a new listener, the Yours Truly Goal Slayers is one, a mouthful of a name. I don't know why I named a group something that was so hard to pronounce, but this is a private Facebook community with not only my one-on-one clients who work with me individually 
individual individually in my coaching program to improve their relationship with food, movement, and their own body, but it is also filled with anyone and everyone who is interested in learning more about intuitive eating, how to get started, and to receive a community of support around all of these topics. Because anyone who has ever been on an intuitive eating journey, who has ever tried to move past the diet mentality, you know it's not easy to do alone because we step outside of our little intuitive eating bubbles and we are living in a world of diet culture. So if you're new to this journey, I will tell you how to join our community of support at the end of this section of the podcast. But first, we have to feature a post. So this post from my fellow Goal Slayer comes from one of my newest one-on-one clients. It was actually her first post in the Facebook community. So she writes, Hey y'all, she's from the South, if you couldn't tell from the use y'all, but she says, Hey y'all, super new to all of this, but I just had my first one-on-one call with Claire yesterday. In our discussion, she asked me, paraphrasing, how, when, and why did food become numbers for me? I had never thought about that question before. I have these beliefs about calories and foods and never really thought about why I have them. That's how ingrained I've let it become in my life. And thinking about it, I guess I've kind of looked at food for the majority of my life as, quote, too many calories in that. Can't eat it. You'll get fat. Can we say hello to disordered eating? So her challenge to me was that calories are simply a unit of energy. What am I going to use the energy units for? And instead of good food versus bad food, what else can I associate with the food? Memories, feelings, etc. It's not a moral obligation and it's not right or wrong. I hope this makes sense and maybe this helps someone else. So I want to give a big shout out and thank you to this Goal Slayer, one of my newest clients in my one-on-one coaching program for stepping up to the plate and for sharing a tidbit of her journey, a learned lesson, a takeaway from our coaching call that can add a ton of value to this community. So what she said here is so true and it's something that I have faced in my own life and pretty much everyone who I have ever worked with, it's something that we face as a team. Believe it or not, whether we know it or not, we come to the table of food, yes, pun intended, but we come to the discussion of food with so many preconceived notions about food. We were taught about food by our family, our friends, again, the culture that we live in, and I think we can all agree that not everything that we have learned to be true about food is positive or is helpful. So something that is so important with this intuitive eating journey is we get super clear on how we learned these things, why we learned these things, when and where we learned them, and if they are being of help to our journey or to our relationship with food. Because when we gain awareness about why we believe the things that we do, it is so much easier to change these beliefs or to reframe them in a more positive light so that they are not bringing us down. They're not serving to perpetuate a disordered or a negative relationship with food, but rather we can talk to these beliefs using science, using fact, using something that isn't coming from the loaded world that is diet culture. So if you are in a place with your relationship with food right now where you are figuring out, I have a lot of rules around food, or I have a lot of thoughts or beliefs that I don't even know where they came from. I don't even know if they are true, if they are correct, but I sure as heck know that they are not helpful. 
something that I really encourage you to do is to sit down and make a list of these rules. And again, it doesn't have to be an exhaustive list because I think that can be kind of daunting to say, okay, I'm going to sit down now and write out every rule or belief that I have around food. That is definitely a daunting task and you don't need to do something that extensive or exhaustive, but something I would encourage you to do is have either a running note on your phone, maybe a notepad that you keep in a drawer in the kitchen, like that junk drawer that we all have, maybe a note that you keep on the fridge so that whenever you're navigating anything that has to deal with food and something comes up in your mind that says, I can't have that. That food is bad. That food is good. Some kind of arbitrary rule that comes up in your head, just make note of that. And then you can either take this to a community like the Yours Truly Goal Slayers. If you work one-on-one individually with someone like myself, with another non-diet dietitian, maybe you have friends in the non-diet space, you can take these things into conversations with them. You can get support, you can get feedback, and you can actually start to learn or maybe get a little bit of clarity around where you learned these things and why they are not true, why they are not holding benefit to you or your life. So that little exercise, the food rule exercise, is something that I have many of my one-on-one clients do. And again, when they work with me one-on-one, this is something that we work through extensively. We do nutrition education. We really get clear on why they believe what they do around food so that we can wipe the slate clean and we can create an environment of food neutrality, which then can lead to food positivity where we are enjoying food. Food is pleasurable and it's not something that is played with rules, with cans, with cans, with all of this negativity that diet culture has taught us. So I hope that was helpful in our segment about the Yours Truly Goal Slayers. And this is the point in the podcast where I hand you, I extend to you the open invitation that you, if you are not already hanging out with us in the Yours Truly Goal Slaying Facebook community, why aren't you doing it? What's wrong with you? Well, maybe you don't have a Facebook. If that's the case, then get a Facebook. Come hang out with us. This community is exclusive to Facebook and is on there, but it is free and open for anyone to join. Anyone who is working with me one-on-one, anyone who, like I said at the beginning, just wants to learn more about what intuitive eating is and how to apply the principles to actual daily life with the support of other people. So if you are interested, there are two ways that you can go about joining this community. The first way is if you simply travel to my Instagram bio, you click the link that is there at Claire Tuning, shameless plug, follow me on IG. We do a lot of fun things there, but click the link in my bio and it will have a link to the application that you need to fill out to join this free community. The application is simply so that I can get to know a bit more about you, your goals with intuitive eating, and lay a couple of ground rules with this community and what we are about so it can stay the most positive uplifting, and supportive place on the interwebs. The second way that you can get access to this application is if you go to Facebook and you simply type in the Yours Truly Goal Slayers, the private community will pop up. You can click request to join. That request will come directly to me and I can send you a message with a link to this application. So I hope you will come join us in the Yours Truly Goal Slaying Facebook community. We would love to have you. But without further ado, if you guys listen to the podcast every week, you know that I'm super fancy with my transition music. So we're going to splice it in here. Da, 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 da. 
And here we are talking about cravings or the one about cravings as the friends reference would say. So there is so much out there about cravings in the diet culture that we live in. More often than not, the information that we receive about cravings, I would argue, is more negative rather than positive. How many times, I want you to put yourself in your shoes, the own past version of you shoes, but how many times have you craved a food that wasn't deemed air quote healthy or air quote pure by diet culture and because you had that craving, you felt bad, you felt inadequate, you felt like you were doing a bad job of following the diet that you were on, of being a human, of doing anything good for your body. If you're nodding your head, yes, Claire, that has happened to me. I have felt bad or guilty for a craving that I have had for a food that wasn't necessarily helpful or healthy, air quotes here, as deemed by diet culture then I would agree with you. I have been there in your shoes before. I have run a couple miles in those shoes, we could say, and many, many, many of my clients who I have worked with one-on-one have also been in this place. So the thing that I want you to realize about cravings starting out is they are completely normal. They're a consequence of being human, and you do not have to feel guilty, shameful, or like you are doing a bad job being a human or being in your body if you crave foods that are deemed, air quote, bad or unhealthy by diet culture. You don't have to feel bad for being human. The second question that I have for you along the lines of cravings is how many times have you run across a book, a diet, a coach, something out there in the world that promises you that by following their plan, by reading their book, by doing all of the things that they say are necessary diligently, that they will cure your cravings, that you will crush the cravings, that you'll never want anything like chocolate crackers, any carbohydrate food or anything deemed bad by diet culture ever again. Wherever you are, whether you're in your car, walking the dog, doing the dishes, I want you to nod your head yes if you have ever heard the message or if you have ever thought that by doing something specific, by adhering to a certain diet that probably had a lot of rules, a lot of restriction, a lot of craziness, that you could air quote cure yourself of ever craving these foods again. If you're nodding your head, yes, so am I, because I too thought that was a thing. Oh, go completely plant-based, go raw vegan, cut out the carbs and you'll never crave those foods again. But my friends, this, I'm going to come back to exactly what I said a couple of moments ago in saying that anything that promises you that is a load of horse crap, is not real, is not something that is true, because the fact of being human is that we are going to have cravings, we are going to want certain foods, and we can't really turn that part of our brain off. The minute that we do turn that part of our brain off is it's a morbid thought, but that is the moment that we die, that we are no longer inhabiting a body with a beating heart, who is breathing, who has thoughts, who has desires, who has emotions, because being human means that we have cravings. So the first thing that I really want to communicate to you in this conversation about cravings or the one about cravings is that if you have cravings, that is normal. 
Nothing is wrong with you. You are a human being and you don't need to go searching in the depths of diet culture for a way to cure your cravings or to get rid of them. So I really want to use this episode to help you reframe how you think about cravings so that instead of viewing them as something that is bad, that is wrong with you, that needs to be fixed, you can view them as, oh my goodness, how cool is it that I have a body who has the ability to send me signals or to make me think about certain things foods when I need certain foods in my life or when certain foods would add to my version of self-care or how I am taking care of my body. So we are going to reframe and think about a couple of ways that we can do that. So I want to frame this conversation through a message that I actually received from one of my amazing wonderful, incredible, insert positive adjective here, one-on-one clients. So something that I really take pride in, in my one-on-one clients and in my coaching program is that I have an individualized and a personal relationship with each and every one of them. So they not only get the Facebook community filled with posts, videos, trainings, all of that, and all of the other wonderful members of our intuitive eating community, but they also get access to an app that is called Healthy. So Healthy is a HIPAA-compliant app that is formulated for dietitians and nutrition health professionals to communicate with their clients. So my clients have the option to post things on Healthy, like a photo of their meal, their hunger and their fullness cues, their emotion associated with a meal. And they also have the option to send me a chat or send me a message on healthy, which I really encourage them to do as a journaling function. So whenever they have a thought, whenever they are running across something or running up against something that they can't quite wrap their head around, they're trying to get past, I encourage them to journal it there. Allow me to see so that I can respond and give some helpful tips that are really personalized to them in that moment. So this message, I gotta find it here. I have like a million things open on my browser. You guys know how it goes. But she writes in this message, one thing I'm struggling with is that I want to make healthy choices to be good to my body and to feel good, but I crave food that I would consider unhealthy and sometimes makes me feel bad. Why is that? Is there a way to teach myself to crave healthy food? And then she puts LOL and then she goes on with other things after that. But I really want to focus in on this one part of her message because she is coming at this with really genuine intention because something with intuitive eating is your eating what you want, when you want, with the intention to fuel your body with what it needs in that moment, to make your body feel good. So she's coming at this this with a pure intention saying, hey, sometimes I'm craving foods that I deem unhealthy. And sometimes they don't make me feel good. How do I navigate this? And how do I teach myself to air quote crave different foods? So what I want to do here is I want to go along kind of the answer that I gave her because I feel like many different people have an answer or have a question rather along these lines. So I first reassured her as I have been reassuring you on this podcast throughout the entirety of the episode so far is that cravings are normal. It is normal that these cravings for air quote unhealthy foods are coming up and it's also normal that you're feeling like this isn't a good thing or that these cravings for unhealthy foods is making you feel guilty or making you feel like you're out of balance because diet culture in and of itself and putting out those messages that says cure your cravings 
cravings do this. It really makes us feel like if we have a craving for something that is air quote bad, then we are doing a bad job. But here's the first reframe for you. Reframe number one is it actually makes sense that we crave different types of foods day in and day out because our bodies fluctuate and change every single day. How you woke up today is not how you woke up yesterday. It is not how you will go to bed tonight. And it's not how you're going to wake up tomorrow morning. We are in a constant state of change. We human beings are not static creatures, which is why things like meal plans are eating the exact same types of foods and the exact same amount of foods every single day does not work is because we are different day in and day out. So when we think about the goal of intuitive eating, like I said a couple of moments ago, it's to relearn your body's cues, to recover from the negative chronic effects of dieting, and also learn how to eat what you want, when you want, with intention to fuel your body in a way that makes you feel good. So it makes sense if we're thinking about fueling our body in a way that makes us feel good, that's going to look different every single day. Some days that may mean eating more chocolate. Other days that may mean eating more greens, eating more fruits, eating more pretzels and pasta. I don't know exactly what that's going to be for you, but the fact that we crave different foods every single day doesn't mean that something is wrong with us, doesn't mean that we are out of balance, but it's simply a reflection of us constantly changing and fluctuating on a daily basis. So something that I encourage people to do when we're trying to reframe our thinking around our cravings and think of it as something positive or something that tells us more about what our body needs rather than something that is negative and makes us feel inadequate or like we're doing a bad job is our cravings have a lot of wisdom behind them. Our bodies, guys, our bodies, don't make me get on my soapbox about this, but I will for the purpose of this podcast. Our bodies are so stinking smart. They knew what to do from the moment that we were born. We never had to tell them, hey, this is how you digest a carbohydrate, or hey, this is how you do X, Y, and Z in the body, because we were born knowing what to do. So our bodies have a lot going on, and they can actually handle all of that without us ever having to interfere or micromanage a lot of our food intake. Of course, if you have an allergy, if you have an intolerance, that is a different story, and I encourage you to do whatever is best for your own body. If you're allergic to shellfish and you're craving shellfish, I really wouldn't tell you to do that. But that aside, I would really encourage you to think if you don't have an allergy or an intolerance and you're craving a specific food, ask yourself, what is my body trying to tell me? For example, if you have been on a very restrictive meal plan or if you have been really restricting calories or energy from your body, like I was encouraging that goal slayer to think about calories as energy because that is all they are. But if you have been really restricting energy from your body, if you've only been eating really specific types of food that are allowed by your meal plan, well, maybe then you having a craving for something that is off of the meal plan is your body saying, hey, I'm not getting enough of this nutrient or I'm not getting enough of this food in general this energy, this fuel. I need more. So instead of thinking, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Why am I craving this food? Think about it as what is my body trying to tell me? Am I missing out on a food group? Am I missing out on a food that brings me a lot of satisfaction? Am I missing out on not having enough energy in general? 
Another thing that I can kind of tell you if you're having cravings for specific foods, because most often people will come to me saying, I'm craving insert some kind of carbohydrate or sugary food here. I'm craving cookies, candy, cakes, chips, anything that has carbohydrates in it. And often because we live in diet culture, we think, oh no, something is wrong with me. I have to shut these cravings down. I have to cut out sugar. I have to cut out carbohydrates because oftentimes diet culture teaches us to handle cravings by cutting out the food entirely. But I am here to say if we reframe, if we come back to that question that I asked you a second ago, instead of getting all up in arms and saying, I have to cut these things out, ask yourself, what is my body trying to tell me? Oftentimes, if you're craving something carbohydrate related, that could be really indicative of A, you're not eating enough food in general, or you're really restricting carbohydrate type foods, which are your body's preferred source of fuel and energy. I'm going to get a little bit of nerdy sciency on you here for a second because when we eat foods that contain carbohydrates, our body, again, I told you a few moments ago that we never had to tell our body how to digest carbohydrates, but when we ingest carbohydrate-containing foods, our body naturally breaks down those long-chain carbohydrates into simple sugars called glucose. You may have heard of them before in science class in like weird diet books that you may have read, but the simple sugar called glucose that is our body's preferred source of fuel for our muscles, for our brain, and it is the most readily available source of fuel. So if you are not eating carbohydrates at all, if you're not getting enough energy in the body, if you're restricting the carbohydrate food group, or again, food in general, your body is going to be lacking energy. So your body is going to start craving things that have that readily available source of energy. So again, instead of thinking of what am I doing wrong? Why is my body craving a food? Ask yourself, have I been restrictive in my diet recently? Have I cut out carbohydrate containing foods? Am I missing foods that I really enjoy, does my body not have enough energy available to support the activities of daily life? Because your body is so stinking smart and we cannot outsmart biology. If you are not getting what you need, if your body is running on E, if it's not performing at its best, it is going to find ways to get you to think about the food that it needs, to think about eating more, to think about getting the sources of energy, of fuel, of satisfaction satisfaction that it needs. So the second thing or the second reframe that I would encourage you to think about if you're saying, hey, I'm having all of these cravings, I'm a little bit fearful, what is happening? Again, instead of viewing them in that negative light, a really powerful question that you can start asking yourself is, where am I in my intuitive eating journey? If you're in one of the very beginning stages of intuitive eating where you're working on allowing all foods, overcoming those diet rules, maybe you're still working on that food rules list that I talked about at the beginning of the podcast from our post with the Yours Truly Goal Slayer, if you're in one of those beginning stages and you are really recently shifting out of a transition with a really restrictive diet, it is going to make sense that your cravings in this period of time, in the beginning of your intuitive eating journey, in the beginning of your recovery from disordered eating, it makes sense that they are going to be stronger and more and less time in between because your body is really trying to learn how to exist without those restrictions. 
I've talked about restriction a lot in my Facebook community, even here on the podcast, but the thing that I always like to point out is our body does not know the difference between an actual famine and a self-imposed one or a diet. So if you are more recently transitioning out of a diet of tracking macros of a meal plan where you weren't eating enough or you weren't eating foods that you enjoy or you were cutting out foods that you really loved, it makes sense that your body is like, oh my goodness, thank the Lord, we are out of the famine that we have been living in. I have to eat all of the things now to ensure that I will be safe for when the next famine hits. This is the primal side of your brain speaking because you logically could know that there are seven restaurants down the street when you open the door to your apartment or that there's food in the fridge, but your body, if it has been living in a state of restriction of not getting the foods that it needs or enjoys, it doesn't necessarily know that food is abundant. It takes time for you to regain and relearn that trust with your body that you are going to feed it that you're going to give it food that it needs and that it enjoys. I don't know why I keep saying it. I'm talking like your body, like it's a thing. You and your body are on the same team, but you know what I mean. So if you're in the beginning stage of your intuitive eating journey, I really encourage you to come at this with a lot of self-compassion. Instead of getting all up in arms or really fearful about eating all of the foods that you fear and being out of control around the foods that you crave, lean into that and know that the only way to the other side where you are no longer obsessed with food when you're not letting food control you, the only way to get to that other side is through the food. You cannot go over, you cannot go under, you can only go through the food in the presence of food. It's like you're eating your way through this perceived famine. An analogy that I really like to give people in this beginning stage of the intuitive eating journey is every storm cloud runs out of rain because I know what you may be feeling right now if you have been in a restrictive relationship with food or if you've been denying your cravings out of fear of going quote overboard of eating more of the foods that you fear, I know it can seem really scary to lean into those cravings and to allow yourself permission to eat. But again, in saying that every storm cloud runs out out of rain is saying that sure, you may want more of these foods in higher amounts for a certain period of time because it makes sense if you have been existing in a world without them in a perceived famine mode, if you've been denying yourself the foods that you enjoy, it makes sense that when you start to open the door of those foods again and let them back into your life that you're going to want more of them. But the thing that I reassure people of is if you stand in the discomfort If you eat your way through this part of the journey, if you truly or truly, for the purpose of this podcast, allow all foods, you will reach a certain point in your journey where you're like, hey, other foods also exist. And I feel like the best version of myself when I eat a variety of different foods, not just the foods that I have been avoiding for so long. So my tip for you here is to eat your way through. If you're in the beginning stages of intuitive eating where you're having a lot of cravings for those foods that you have restricted, I know it's scary for me to say, open the door, allow those foods back in, but I would much rather you go through a period of time and I can't guarantee how long that period is going to be for you. Often it really depends on how long you are restricting, how much damage was done to the insides of your body, how hungry you truly are. I can't 
guarantee that it's only going to last for a week, for a month, for however long it is. But in my perspective, because I like to look at health from a 10,000 foot view as I tell my clients, I would much rather you pass through a period of time or the storm cloud, as we would say, eating more of the foods that you have cut out, that you fear are, quote, unhealthy, that you have been trying to avoid with every fiber of your being. I would much rather you go through a period of time and eat your way through that. Eat those foods, no matter how scary it is, rather than spending the rest of your life in fear of those foods, denying yourself the fuel, the energy, the type of food that your body needs and enjoys. So this is by no means me saying that when you come out of that stage in your intuitive eating journey that you're healed, you're never going to have cravings again. This is not me saying that because flashback to the beginning of this episode when I told you that there is no such thing as curing a craving or healing your desire to eat certain foods because that is normal and that is human. I am simply saying when you allow yourself all foods as you progress onward and upward in your intuitive eating journey and your body starts to recover from the restriction of dieting, yes, all dieting is restriction or that perceived famine mode, your body will start to be on the same page with your brain and knowing that food is available. You're not going to take away carbohydrates or the foods that you enjoy after the next holiday or when you wake up tomorrow, you really start to get into this normalized and neutral patterns with food where sure, you'll have cravings sometimes. And when you have those cravings, you'll lean into those foods, but your desire to eat all of the things all of the time and feel out of control will lessen the more that you expose yourself to those foods. Again, we cannot recover from a disordered relationship with food, from meal plans, from macro tracking, from viewing food as a number, whatever place you are in, you cannot recover by continuing to restrict and deny your cravings. The only way through to the other side where you want to eat a variety of all foods and find a balance of foods that feels good in your own body is to eat the foods that you crave, to lean into that and know that your body, again, is so stinking smart. It will tell you when it has had enough. And when you come out of that restriction mode, there will come a day where sure, you want to eat chocolate some days, but also you realize that things like fresh fruits and vegetables, whole grains, you know, fats that your body needs, you will realize that variety exists on the other side of restriction and so does balance, but you will not get there by continuing to restrict and deny yourself of those foods that you crave. So those are the big reframes that I want to give you if you are having cravings, if you're fearing that something is wrong with you, that something needs to be fixed. I hope those two tips that I have given you really help you to feel like you are not the exception to cravings, that you are just normal, you're just a human, and that you can actually turn to those cravings and instead of bashing yourself for having those, you can say, hey body, thank you so much for telling me that something was wrong, that I needed more of something, that I needed to come out of that restrictive relationship with food. So my main tip for you, if you're coming out of this episode and you're like, okay, Claire, I understand that it's normal. I understand that I'm human. What do I do about it? Well, it really comes back to what I was saying a couple of moments ago. Lean into those cravings and know that just because you are eating those foods that you fear are unhealthy, that you have been restricting, 
for a certain amount of time does not make you unhealthy, does not make you someone who is abandoning all forms of health. It simply makes you someone who is listening to his or her body, who is overcoming restriction, and who prioritizes having a healthy and a long-lasting relationship with food in their own body more than just abiding by the diet rules of a 30-day plan, a 90-day challenge, whatever it might be. Because what I told you a couple moments ago, that 10,000-foot view of health, is really what we have to cling on to. Because my friends, life is longer than 30 days, or I hope it is longer for all of us than 30 days. Life is longer than a juice cleanse. Life is longer than the whole 30 or whatever stint of the keto diet that you're doing. Your life and your health are things that are going to follow you throughout the rest of your life. So when you're in a mode when you feel the fear creeping up of, oh my goodness, I'm craving something that I have been restricting and I don't want to lean into that because it's scary, I encourage you to zoom out for a second and say, yeah, for the next day or so, for the next week or so, if I truly allow myself to lean into this, I may be eating the foods that I eat in higher amount, but wouldn't I rather do that than spend the rest of my life, the rest of my 50, 60, 70, 80 years on this planet, fearing foods, allowing food to suck my mental energy, taking the fun out of life, allowing my relationship with food to dictate everything else, I really don't think that is truly a healthy way to go about it. So I know it sounds scary in the midst of it happening, but really zoom out and tell yourself, hey, eating more of these foods in the short term in order to get to that place where I have a healthy and a confident and a non-restrictive relationship with food, that is where we want to be. That is the true definition of health that is going to be sustainable for you for the rest of your life where you're not living in fear of those foods or honoring those cravings. Bottom line, your body is so smart and so are your cravings. Look at them and say, thank you body for alerting me that I needed something, that something was wrong. It's so cool that you have the ability to do so. Really be in awe of your body and all of the things that it can do rather than trying to micromanage and manipulate every little thing that goes into your mouth. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you that your energy is way better spent elsewhere because your body knows what it is doing without you ever having to interfere. Interfere. Mic drop. Even though I messed up the last word, that is still a mic drop. So I hope this episode really met you where you were at today. I have been seeing a lot of things about cravings in social media, in the media in general, after we've celebrated the 4th of July and it's still summertime. I have seen so many messages about this that I do not believe are helpful. I believe are perpetuating negative relationships with food. So I hope if you have been seeing any of those messages that this episode was very timely for you and that it is the little kick, the little nudge forward that you need to not feel bad for your cravings, to not feel guilty, but to feel pretty darn cool that you have a body that can tell you these things. And I challenge you moving forward. I challenge you to step up to the plate 
And instead of operating in your relationship with food from a place of self-control or restriction to really shift the dialogue around this conversation and instead of thinking, how do I better control myself and control my cravings, ask, how can I better care for my body? How can I better look out for my body, my teammate? Because me and my body, you and your body, we are in this for life. So that is what I have for you today, my friends. Hope this episode was timely as always always, if you found any little nugget of information, any topic of our conversation today helpful, and you believe that other people might also find this episode helpful to them, to their intuitive eating journey, or their relationship with food, please, please, please do not hesitate to leave a five-star rating and a review. I know that many people, many of you listening right now, you're coming back week after week. You're listening to the Yours Truly podcast, but you are not leaving a rating and a review. This is the only way that iTunes or whatever listening app you're listening on right now prioritizes this message and shows it to more people. So if you're listening and you are loving what you are hearing, help a sister out, leave a rating and a review. Tell me what you have learned to help spread this message to other people. If you want to spread this to your more immediate circle, I encourage you to take a screenshot wherever you are listening to this podcast, put it on your social media stories, tag me, let me know what you have learned at Claire Tuning on Instagram, and I'm just Claire Tuning on Facebook. If you have any questions, any feedback, let me know. I would love to tailor this podcast to better suit you and your needs and spread the word, my friends. That is all I have for you this week, but until next week, yours truly, Claire.